we went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we forded streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business and progress and the USA. This is how the West was fucked. Welcome to How the West Was Fucked, a weekly examination of the fucked up fuckery of the 19th century American West. We'll be talking mountain men, explorers, cowboys, gunslingers, and the native tribes who had to suffer all these fucks. So this is How the West Was Fucked. I'm readjusting my ice pack because I had a vasectomy on Tuesday. All right. <laughs> How'd that treat you, by the You're way? Not. Yeah. You want to see the? Oh, for Valentine's of, Day. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Good call, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna That's get. The best I'm gonna get myself get. one for Mari, like uh, probably for her birthday. Oh, cool. What I'm guessing. There's a lot of a lot of nice bruising that goes on. There. They just punch the balls out of you. Straight out. Wow. Just yep. fucking running start. Down the hall. They well, they have those little fingernails, little Cheerios, and with the little uh, clamper, they just. And they fall off like three days later. Yeah. That's delicious. We were just talking about that last night. We were like talking about castrating cattle. Actually, some guy uh, started out with like electric testicle stimulation, and then like we were scaring the shit out of. I don't that that know. was our first band. Then we changed it to poop attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you were saying, like Edie was saying something about it, and then this guy's like, "That's fucking weird. Am I just vanilla, or like, or am I naive?" And we're like, "Well, it's the same thing." And then Paul's like, "I know everything there is to know about." Electrical testicle simula- stimulation, and I'm like, okay. a simulation would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> testicle simulator. I don't even know what the title of this one is, so I'm very ready. I don't okay, know well, it's, that's that's what you're supposed to do. Ashley's, yeah, yeah. What do you know about like Ashley's hundred and like, uh, Not like more Brewster's sp- millions? N- kinda. She I has mean, to spend a hundred dollars in like a month, and then she gets to keep it. Well, no, but uh, and then more specifically, a uh, member of Ashley's Hundred, uh, Hugh Glass. What do you know about Hugh Glass? Leonardo DiCaprio. Flaming Mose. Uh, yes, I'm looking for a friend of mine. Last name Jazz, first name Hugh. Ah, uh, hold on, I'll check. Uh, Hugh Jazz. No, somebody check the men's room for a Hugh Jazz. Uh, I'm Hugh Jazz. Telephone. Hello, this is Hugh Jazz. Uh, hi. Who's this? Bart Simpson. What can I do for you, Bart? Uh, look, I'll level with you, mister. This is a crank call that sort of backfired, and I'd like to bail out right now. All right. Better luck next time. What a nice young man. Yep. But I never actually saw that movie, so... Really? I just just know about it. He got raped by a bear. There's no robots. It doesn't take place in space. Fuck it. I don't care. Ah, well, Well, fair enough. It was Oscar-worthy. Acting. Yeah, but it Which was a means bunch I don't of, want to see it. Well, it, was it wasn't of, a real bear. It was CG. So and it was that's fucking not the size real. of a goddamn dinosaur. Yeah. I want I want real bear on man. CG? Yeah. You mean like Crip Gangsta? I mean, bear? like, you got, <laughs> yeah. like, all those hardworking all Hollywood right. actor bears, like Bart. Well, I think Bart has passed away, but they have, like, the five main bears you always see in movies. Well, they're up in Squim, bear. too. That's a retirement home. Well, yeah, but and then they, they, ball got, they got the guy in Montana outside of Bozeman, too. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. It's just a fort with some bears inside. The Hollywood bears live in Squim? Yeah. No, well, the re- the re- I grew up right The right retired ones. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, what you do is you just take a, a big piece of bread, just, you know, 
make a ball out of it and just toss it in their mouth. And there's only like a, a little one electrical wire up that far, but they're just too fat like to really want to get out and kill you. No. Yeah. They just kind of sit on their ass and catch the uh, bread in their mouth. So, folks, as oh, you can still? see, as you, yeah, we're like, as you can see, we're all like super expert on like, you know, how you handle a bear in the wild. You know, there, there you have it. Just wad up some fucking bread, throw it in his mouth. You'll be, you'll be cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what we're going to be discussing today is um, Ashley's 100 by extension, uh, Hugh Glass, which uh, some of you might be familiar with from the movie The Revenant, which while I did enjoy it, uh, it takes a lot of fucking liberties with the, uh-huh. with the actual thing. So we're going to get into that here shortly but uh and all the stuff that got wrong yeah yeah but uh so i don't know will do you have like a fucking preamble or oh yeah you know okay. while you're pouring yourself some fucking coffee this is the last coffee <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, let's talk about hugh glass first and then we'll get to ashley's a uh, hundred by the time he gets there but you want to talk him being born in pennsylvania whatever I, because ooh. nobody knows and who gives a fuck really yeah but uh he started off as a seaman by trade and mm. uh Things were going good until he got hijacked by pirates, because pirates were a thing at some point. They hijacked which, people. Well, in which I can never yeah. remember. It's uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Jean Lafitte. It was uh, what's the fucker from like Michel Renault who worked for Jean Lafitte. Oh, okay. Who worked for the U.S. in the War of 1812? But after that, he was kind of doing his own thing, but yeah. still a pirate. Well, privateer, pirate, you know, one man's freedom fighters, another man's terrorist, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So he's probably uh, even old by this time, by 30s. He was old, uh, known as old man when he was out in mountain manning. Well, to be fair, you run into a lot of, like, uh, like uh, mountain men that have old in the title, and they're clearly, like, 24. And yeah. They get killed by a buffalo riding a snake or, you know, whatever befalls them, but... So, old, so give, it, give us give us a date here. What, when are we talking? We're this talking 18... uh, 1818. And, okay. uh, yeah, so he uh, had to be a pirate for uh, probably a couple of years. So the, all these uh, facts are pretty shady about uh, anything in the early 1800s. Well, liter- not, literacy was not huge and, you know... Record keeping wasn't big for pirates yeah. and, and mountain men. Well, they, they, yeah, they didn't have to report to the IRS or any shit. So, so uh, it was either, uh, you know, become a pirate or be killed. He uh, chose being a pirate. Oh, you know, as you yes. Can. Yeah. So that was good, uh, going good, and mostly he just kind of fixed up the ship and really didn't do much raping and plundering. But uh, one uh, good little fact, uh, you know, Renault captured a Spanish ship, and, uh, you know, they had an elderly uh, couple aboard. The crew was lining up for a good old raping for an elderly couple. So uh, there yeah. weren't very many elderly people back then, so <laughs> it's kind of a treat. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> well, it's like any port in a storm, literally. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know Hugh Glass he had some morals is like come on come on people so he uh, went up and uh, shot the lady so she wouldn't be raped which which was a good thing I guess but uh, that kind of landed Hugh in some uh, hot water and they kind of caged him up with his pal and, uh, and they're kind of like uh, you know sitting in jail and uh, the rest of the crew is up in uh, Campeche they're kind of off the shore uh, which is uh, present day Galveston which is kind of the big pirate town back in the early 1800s so Galveston, they, Texas? Yeah, yeah. Okay. that part of the world. I didn't know there are pirates down there. Yeah. yeah well, the Caribbean like hooks right onto the Gulf of Mexico. The Caribbean? Yeah. How are you want to fucking pronounce it? And jo- Johnny Depp <laughs> With your and fucking city tentacles. Fucking accent. Oh, I already get into the city slicking. <laughs> 
Anyway, Galveston. Galveston. So they uh, swim ashore the two miles in the shark-infested waters. And Everybody the, always says shark-infested. I don't believe it's ever There only really has to be one. To be. It's like adding of so, doom onto something. So if, yeah. it's, if it's bees, you need thousands and it's infested. But if it's one shark, that's an infestation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Or humans, it's basically well, all it's, all infestation. Yeah, and uh, you know, they're uh, the Kar- Karakawas were the uh, the tribe around there. They kind of had a reputation, whether it was earned or not, or just to keep the pirates from not deserting, mm-hmm. of loving the long pork and uh, eating people. They probably did, but you know, not very much. Yeah, uh, just I was saying there, that's not just a lot of. Me. There's not a lot of documented um, uh, cannibalism with at least like. Uh, as far as I'm aware, like in the North American tribes, so much, you know, for the South you get, and, you know, more Caribbean, you get more islandy you get, I suppose, you know, tends well, to turn up a little more. But. Taking a little bit of their power, whether, you know, be it a little bit of their organs just or a, something. Yeah, a little pinky, like, or, a little like, taste. A little taste. Little chicken fingers, only oh, real So taste. for us dummies, long pork is. Human meat. Human meat. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Available in your freezer section at the local Safeway. So, uh, yeah, they kind of wandered around, uh, kind of trying to move at night and uh, keeping the, uh, you know, creek beds. But uh, they did make it a thousand miles to be captured by the Pawnee. Yep. So it was probably good enough story for your life to be a pirate and captured by the Pawnee and live as a Pawnee for a couple of years. Uh, and by some accounts, like even married and had a kid with Pawnee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, of course, that was kind of portrayed in the movie, but uh, all kind of hearsay and conjecture at that yeah. point. It was, uh, you know, it was him and his partner, and his partner uh, was nice enough to be uh, sacrificed and burned at the stake. And they were actually kind of treating him nice to be basically fattened up by uh, by the Pawnee <laughs> for whenever they feel like they, they needed a sacrifice. And it's like, hey, we got our honky right here just to get that done but uh he gave the chief uh some cinnabar some red pigment and the chief took this as a message as you know from the great spirit and you know yeah. let you live there basically for the next four years <laughs> of course what, 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 right? what, I, what i would never i under- mean cinnabar well yeah. what i've never understood about this whole shit is when you're like having to swim from a pirate ship and all, like where the fuck did you come across yon cinnabar and how did you keep it on you after being you know you figure like when you capture somebody you oh, get, the cinnabar's like, up in north seattle yeah well yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, uh, uh, whenever, like, a lot of these stories when we research them, people get captured, and, like, it seems like nobody, like, strip searched anybody back in the days or even gave them a cursory pat down because there's often, like, oh, yeah, and then he had, like, four pounds well, of tobacco and, and, a, and a fucking musket on him. So that, well, they always had that? their little pouch of what do they call that? The possible's bag? Possible bag. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, after that, uh, kind of Hugh got kind of sick of living with the the Pawnee and made it back to St. Louis in 1822. This is where Ashley's Hundred comes in. I don't know if you want to take it from there, but no. it was a uh, kind of the uh, legendary. We'll be talking a lot more about these people. Uh, uh, Ashley Henry expedition that was called Ashley's Hundred with uh, James Kleiman, Jed Smith, Tom Fitzpatrick, Bill Sublett, Ed Rose, John Fitzgerald, and Jim Bridger. Uh, yep. They're all famous trappers. There was a little uh, fun getting uh, that expedition going, too. Uh, a couple people blew themselves up. But uh, they did get to uh, the Yellowstone uh, establish a fort there. But the uh, Blackfeet stole most of their horses. Right. So they sent uh, Jed Smith down to intercept the rest of the people that were coming up, which was uh, Hugh Glass was part of that, and they were still on the Missouri. Yeah, they are on boats. On boats on the Missouri. And they kind of caught up with them on the Grand River, which is kind of on the North Dakota, South Dakota border. And they had to buy a bunch of horses from the Re, but which uh, uh, Re is uh, a Rickera parlance for the Rickera for the Rickeree. And then that's the thing. Okay, um, so I want to I want to before we get too 
digging too far into that. Like, uh, like okay, me and Andy and Will all grew up in kind of like uh, 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 where like it's the uh, three affiliated tribes: Mandan, Nidatse, Rikara. And if you go down and you, uh, you know, as a kid, you'd go out for school and stuff. You go see the earth lodges and stuff like that of them, especially Mandan and Hidatsa. And they tend on to a be slant village. on a slant village. Yeah. Down by uh, uh, Fort Abraham Lincoln. But I was like, as a kid, like, oh, it seemed like, like the Lakota and like the Blackfeet are like the ones you got to worry about. And mm-hmm. it seemed like, you know, but uh, I didn't realize that like um, the Rikara were not in their habits as much like the Mandan and Hidatsa as kind of like agrarian. I mean, they hunted and they did go out and do war and stuff, but they kind of lived in like settled earth lodge villages and stuff. And then the, the Hidatsa joined up with them. I can't remember. Uh, well, shortly after this, because yeah. uh, the, uh, the army and the trappers were nice enough to burn their village. Yeah. So after that, they kind of became nomadic. Yeah. <laughs> At least for a little while until they had to go settle back in with their friends, the Mandan Hidatsa. Uh, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Well, burning it's good for the soil. You can grow a new village. Yeah. How you know. the West was fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you possess a thrill for adventure? Do you enjoy standing in freezing cold water for hours at a time? Are you trying to avoid creditors or jail time? Hi, I'm William Ashley for the Rocky Mountain Fur Company. We are seeking young able-bodied men to join our expedition up the Missouri. Pay is low to non-existent. Danger lose at every turn. Excel and Microsoft Word are a plus. So apply today. We're just hanging around the wharf in St. Louis. Caution, might be killed by Indians. How the West was fucked. How the West was fucked, fucked, fucked. Okay. Okay, we're talking about uh, uh, Jed Smith having to go get horses? Yeah, so the uh, Jed Smith made some at the... Uh, Pretty close to the Rickery village, so they uh, buy a bunch of horses from the Rickery. But uh, the night of that, uh, some some guys uh, came back and uh, to the village to do some little, you know, probably possibly whoring, whoring around, and uh, kind of pissed off probably uh, some of the uh, re there for some reason. Uh, I don't know, probably just that. stealing some of their women. And uh, so they did get attacked at the first light, and uh, so. Um, Kind of the pussies in the boat, they kind of sat in the middle of the river and really didn't help the guys. In fact, there's a lot of accounts of like, oh shit, we're watching everybody on the shore, like trying to swim out to us, but you know, you're carrying a heavy musket and like, yeah, all your shit. Yeah. You sink and drown and get shot. Yeah. So uh, 12 uh, ended up dead, 12 were wounded, including you. So that was out of the total of 40 I was there. And the Which rest of the guys were actually, okay, the river. we're going to go back to like, uh, you know, if you've seen the movie The Revenant, Revenant that kind of is depicted, you know, uh, except for it's not depicted that it was that close to a village. But they have that big initial fucking fight, which is pretty cine- cinematographically <laughs> pretty cool. It's yeah. Pretty, it's pretty cool. That's kind um, of people hiding in the trees. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. that's the thing that didn't happen because, uh, oh, once again, where this all took place, there aren't no fucking trees. That's the big thing I have with that fucking movie. Yeah. It's all snow and trees, snow and, and trees. And mountains in the middle of, uh, you know, In South fucking Dakota. North and South Dakota. Yeah, not quite uh, that accurate. 
So after this, they kind of went to uh, Fort Atkinson to get a little uh, help uh, from the Army. Of course, the Army at that time only had like 250 soldiers to police the whole Northern Plains. So. And there was this is pre-railroad, pre-steamboat. So if they're having to get somewhere, they're having to walk or walk. ride a horse. In those days, like a lot of times when you're riding a horse, it means you kind of go through horses. They weren't super good at keeping them alive, so you'd have to... Yeah, either that or if you want to keep them alive, you just kind of walk with the horse and just kind of put your gear on the horse. Yeah. Yeah. So they... Uh, uh, got help from the army and uh, about 400 of the Sioux and about 80 trappers miscellaneous from here and there with their horse and they gathered a few other. So this was against about 600 re-warriors. So the Sioux were first to attack. Yeah. And they're driving the re behind their little palisades, a little uh, wall there. And, uh, you know, one Sioux warrior was crazy enough to put on a grizzly skin and went biting off chunks of dead re. So that was a good little little uh, yeah. picture to throw in there. <laughs> so I, I, I Long pig. I missed that part. I've I've read like three different accounts of this, but I, I missed that little nugget. Oh, well. Okay. It could be true, but yeah. it's, it's cool anyway. So now the Sioux kind of, you know, sat back is like, okay, come on, big, powerful white guys. What are you going to do? So uh, Colonel Leavenworth, he was the uh, commander of this, wanted to impress his Indian friends with his big old bombing howitzers. But turns out those really don't work that well on uh, uh, domed little Indian villages because no. the balls just either implant Roll into off. the, um, you know, two foot wide walls or they just kind of roll off the yeah. big, big mounds. Well, that's the thing about an earth lodge is it, I mean, like, you know, when I was in the army, when you build like field fortifications and shit like that, it's not dissimilar to an earth lodge. I mean, there's pretty heavy timbers on that and like, you know, it's a lot of dirt and dirt's really good at keeping you from exploding or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. And uh, the one of the chief, uh, Chief Gray Eyes, did have the unfortunate uh a uh, little instant of poking his head out at the wrong time, and it did get taken off by a cannonball. So at that time, they're down one one chief. Well, that anyway. is some shitty fucking luck <laughs> when you when you really think about it. I mean, there's, oh, there's like, hey, what's going on here? Hey. Well, there's just a lot of time timing and physics and shit that needed to happen for. But yeah, there goes the chief's head. Isn't that's just kind of the way the world is sometimes? Yeah, yeah, and that's sometimes the bar bites you. Yeah. Or the cannonball takes off your head. Yeah. So uh, Leavenworth was really not a great leader. He was kind of indecisive and just kind of shelled him for two days. And it's like, eh, I don't really want to risk anything. So the Reed came and asked for an armistice. And Leavenworth was just ready to go back home. So he accepted pretty good bold terms for the re that pissed off the Sioux and uh, kind of lost all respect for the white guys and after then that. Pretty much, as far as I'm aware, immediately kind of shifted sides. Yeah, basically. Like, oh, these guys yeah. are fucking pussies. We're gonna come over and you know, we'll just yeah, team up with not, you. Not great warriors. You know, warrior society that kind of respect goes a long way. Yeah, where where they're so badass, like killing somebody is not the highest thing you can do. Ah, I'm just gonna ride up and touch an armed enemy, and that's you know. That's when you know you're dealing with some fucking badasses, basically. And, like, yeah. Counting coup is better than actually, like, just taking somebody out. Yeah, know? and especially Indians, since they're dealing with, you know, only having a thousand or so people in their village. And it's like, you can't yeah. afford to lose a hundred people at a time. Yeah. Uh, so a- after that, the uh, army left, uh, but uh, some of the trappers came back and burned the village, which was nice enough for the re... Oh, shit. So the re snuck out in the middle of the night. That's what I forgot. Right. Oh, but they did leave the one old lady uh, by by accounts. There was a sick old lady that didn't get evacuated. But of course, the trappers, being you know like they were, they just burned her up with yeah. the village too. And that's what the Indians did with the the old too. There's like 
Yeah, you're kind of on your own. That's kind of the way of the world. Yeah, but they generally what, don't start a structure fire around. Uh, no, they, they just kind of leave her some meat and go, eh, you're on yeah. your own. So the race snuck out in the middle of the night. And, uh, it's another thing I never get about, the like because that happens constantly in all this history stuff, too. It's like, oh, yeah, just like 300 people just fucking snuck out in the middle of the night. Nobody had any idea. But you got to remember, nobody had fucking flashlights or headlamps or any of that stuff. So when you're sneaking out in the middle of the night, you're not using any light source. And the people trying to observe you are not doing and it. And children and dogs yeah. trying to go with you. And I, I'm sure probably whoever's on guard that night is like, yeah. I don't want to fuck don't with it. I want to do this. Yeah, you got one or two guys like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody was bad at their job. Let's like get, a, get a fucking shooting war with a muzzle loader in the middle of the fucking night. That sounds like some great times. This is going to work out well for everyone. Yeah. And arrows are probably more. More effective. Oh yeah, and, muscle, and plus they're fucking silent. Over. So you know, ooh, they have a silencer on them. Yeah. Wow. Well, and what is it like? You could, uh, what is it? You could launch like effectively aimed fire with a bow and arrow, like what twenty shots per one from like a like say like a Hawken rifle. Yeah, sitting there, so, tamping down. You're pretty much like the Kalashnikov of its day, only not Russian and quiet. I, I will say this: there are things called bow silencers. Uh, I used to work in a company or for in a factory. Oh well, yeah, made them. The little tarantulas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, your limb saver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, if you but know. not not in the late eighteen. No. Oh uh, well, that thing is the bow silencers you're talking about, are like the little tarantulas that you put on, like that rubber band shits you put on the string. Right. There, there are one for the strings, uh, but there's also modular rubber pieces that you can stat- stick onto the actual limbs. Yeah. And it keeps them from vibrating, so you don't scare the deer when you go. Well, to and that's the thing is, I don't know how. Uh, uh, like historical they necessarily were but i have seen like uh like some like native like bows and arrows in museums and stuff where they've had like uh chunks of fur like like kind of tied onto the string yeah yeah that makes sense and it's probably to do a similar thing Whiskey, it'll get you drunk. Where did we leave our heroes? Uh, what, Grand Grand River? Meanwhile, at the Grand River. <laughs> <laughs> at the Legion of Boom. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're trucking up the Grand River, and they were going to go overland to the Yellowstone, which is kind of a little bit of a jaunt yeah, between the two rivers. There, well, let's but. give or take, uh, what about... Yeah, 150, 200 miles, depending on what angle you kind of yeah. angle at. You're kind of going through pretty arid, not arid, arid. You're but literally it. going through exactly where we grew up. Yeah. Where you're literally going through. So it's flat. Flat it's and lots of grass and featureless. You might yeah. have water, you might not. So uh, and then uh, Glass had the uh, habit of camping away from the group. I think he was just probably a little bit too older and just kind of annoyed with him mostly. And all the, like all the grab ass and they're doing yeah. campfire songs and fucking <laughs> bullshit, fucking making spores. And yeah. Singing Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck like that shit. Young rapper. Yeah. So one day he was kind of scouting ahead of the group and he ran into a mama grizz as two cubs. So yeah. what do you think happens next? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good old bear raping. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Okay. Once again, the goddamn movie The Revenant, they have this fucking CGI bear the size of a fucking car. Yeah, I would have given him that Oscar if he actually got mauled by a bear, but he didn't. Yeah. You know, you got to commit. It's a lot. got to actually get mauled. But that's the thing is, um, everybody is like, familiar with grizzly bears. You know, when you see them in a the movie, a lot of times they're portrayed by, um, in fact, a lot of times they're like Alaskan Browns. They're like the big, 
big fucking meaty ones. Well, prairie grizzly is different. Um, like, uh, you know, like I think the majority of them you see, because I've seen like old like taxidermy from the 1800s and just reading accounts, I mean, they'd max out about like four or 500 pounds. They weren't like the super huge shit like you're used to. Yeah. And they tended to be a lot more like yellow in coloration. White bear. Like yeah, the them. white bear, like um, uh, Lewis and Clark would always refer to it as the white bear. And then they also would spell grizzly bear like 15 <laughs> different ways in one that's because they're edu- educated and didn't really yeah. kind of spelled on the third grade level. But I guess what I'm trying to get across is like when the, you're in the movie, he's getting basically fucked up by like a goddamn, you know, some shit from the Pleistocene. And, you know, while it's still, you know, bear attack by any size bear is not going to be super pleasant or easy to survive. And it seemed like it, most most mountain men just got attacked. Yeah, as, like Jed, as well, Jed part Smith. Part of the ritual. Jed too. Smith lost an ear to one. Um also, I think if if uh, Leo was going to get an award, it should have been for uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. Oh yeah, never go full tard. Never go full tard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hugh Glass does go full tard. Yeah. <laughs> Not afraid to go full tard. But either which way, yeah. So getting uh, savagely mauled by this bear um, that apparently, by the counts, like picked up, slammed down, mm-hmm. which will happen. Kind of grabbed him by the throat. And, yeah, uh, kind of mess that up. But he managed to either uh, accounts very well. You know, he was probably actually trying to shoot the bear because I just don't see getting mauled and you have like a musket in your hands and you're not trying to shoot the bear. But like, oh, he just fired a shot to warn his compatriots not to come over here where the bear mullins are getting handed out. You know, but well, uh, and, the, and the story though is that he was he was not where he was supposed to be. He was out on his own, right? Yeah, just a little he was bit away ahead. from his yeah. group, right? But there were two. So. Guys, well, I think they were actually supposed to be hunting for uh, like uh, like uh, uh, trying to hunt food because there was a couple right. other guys that were close by. And this is still in the prairie, so you wouldn't really have brush or thicket unless yeah, you're right next yeah, to Yeah, you have, water. like, fucking flat-out, like, line of sight. Like, well, actually, a couple of years ago, uh, like, last time when I was uh, kind of out in that area, I mean, I went down to, they have a, uh, it's outside of Lemon, South Dakota, and they have a monument set up where apparently the mauling happened, except for the problem is it actually happened down by the river, which is now dammed up. So it's on a bluff overlooking where the river used to be. But, I mean, it's, there's no fucking trees. It's just kind of rolling hills and, like, I mean, you would have been, if, even if you're in a party of, like, 50 to 100 people, and they're scattered around over, a, like, a mile area, you're going to be able to see where people are at, mm-hmm. more or less. And here and see and here, puff yeah. of smoke and yeah. all that good stuff. So, uh, somehow he got off a shot or killed the mama bear somehow. Yeah. Uh, reports either the mama bear was right beside him or on top of him. The, I think the movie yeah. uh, has him on top. Well, mostly, So he, he, kill, he kills the mother grizzly, right? Well, but, but there's a cub too. There's two, two cubs. cubs. Does it vary? Two cubs. Two cubs, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now he has to raise them. What a pain in the ass. Man. I know. Charles in charge <laughs> of us. Child support. <laughs> Tony Alimony. Yeah. That's your new name, right? Or will be soon. Anyway... <laughs> so yeah the uh, rescue team shoots one of the cubs right away and it kind of chases one of the guys into the river the first guy on the scene so uh you know they kind of told uh, the story was glass had at least 15 wounds that would kill a man and a red bubble would arise from his throat with each breath which and- is a, you know that's a sign of great health right there and I just imagine the bubbles coming out of his neck and then floating up into the sky. Oh, yeah. That's magical. <laughs> yeah. Unicorn forts, too. <laughs> Hugh's been injured. <laughs> Old man Hugh. So they had, really had no medical supplies, so they just kind of bandaged him up and camped nearby for a couple of days. So it's not really easy to kind of sit around and watch a guy die, but let alone have a bunch of hostile uh, 
Natives. Hostile natives kind of pissed off yeah. that he screwed them over another again. So uh, they uh, volunteered, wanted to volunteer two of the guys, and they offered a uh, $200. Well, that's the thing is apparently it's like, hey, uh, who wants to volunteer to do this? And, oh, what, no takers? No, seriously, who's going to volunteer to hang out with this guy until he passes away? Oh, no take. Well, how about I give you a couple hundred dollars, which at that time was three months work. A lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And so finally, uh, what uh, Fitzgerald and Bridger, young old, uh, young old Bridger. Which there is some, there is some dispute because, like, uh, since half these assholes were semi-illiterate, like, because a lot of times these kids mentioned as bridges, but you know, bridges uh, it, of Madison County. I think it's more or less agreed upon that it was Jim Bridger, just because, like, yeah. But, well, there's only really 300 white people in the whole West right now, anyway. Yeah. So. So the chances are pretty likely, and like you know, like I said, spelling was not a super great thing, and or record keeping, or yeah, and everybody had nicknames like you know, fucking tobacco nose Jim and fucking <laughs> bear claw Chris. That's my favorite. Yeah, bear claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of was he all cl- about the bling. Yeah, <laughs> well, he collected bear claws and gave them to people. So. Yeah, the bling, delicious mountain man bling. <laughs> So uh, they possibly waited five or six days, uh, Bridger and Fitzgerald just kind of hanging out and like, mm, yeah, are you going to die yet? So uh, they just kind of left them in a hole, but they did uh, take them to actually next to a spring. So that was uh, well, his way of getting uh, uh, some water. But, you know, the Indians would do this too out in the plains if they had somebody who was injured, but they were at least nice enough to give them a weapon and, uh, and some, not steal some, all their some shit. food. Yeah. yeah. Not steal all their <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that was kind of Hughes' uh, complaint later on is like, yeah. Kind of stole my shit and, you know, not as much as leaving me for dead, but... Yeah, you took, you took my, my fucking rifle, you took all my possibles bag and my knife. Yeah, and, and the rifle was more important than You said than that before, what's life. a possibles bag? It's basically like your fanny pack full yeah. of all your shit. They like, generally is a little, like, leather some pouch. You get out there, flint and steel, maybe some fucking, like, ball and shot, uh, some beef jerky, maybe sewing kit. You know, it's just condoms. Your yeah. possibles bag. <laughs> well, you know, you know this, whatever could happen. This poor four people really had like backpacks, as we do now when you're hiking. So a lot of times, like you know, your bedroll would be just that. It'd be like a fucking blanket. You wrap around a strap to your possibles bag, and it's over your shoulder. And then your possibles bag has all your other shit in it. And otherwise, you're wearing all the clothes you have. You're not like you got rain gear or anything. You know, so yeah. So, uh, yeah, old he was just kind of sitting there dying. He did uh, get some buffalo berries and uh, kind of crawled for a Which, little bit. buffalo berries, if people don't uh. know those, they're only good after the first freeze. They're really fucking sour otherwise. Mm-hmm. And the trees you get them, well, they're not really trees. The bushes you get them off have like inch-long fucking thorns. Yeah. And they're pretty small little red berries. Now, like I said, they're delicious after the first frost, but most of the year they're Gotta sour as fuck. shake them off the tree. Yep. Buffalo and- berries kind of sounds like if you get like poop in your pubes or something. Oh, it just like dries out. It turns into little chunks. Those, those are canines. Oh. Yeah. I, well, I was up in uh, I was up in Talkeetna one time at a at a, uh, a you know kind of basically it was just looked like Deadwood from two hundred years ago. It's kind of a restaurant set up and on blocks and shit. It's like mm, muskox. Those come off the with, uh, dingleberries. Yeah. yeah. Have a mus muskox burger. Sorry. That sounds savory. Muskox. Dingleberries. Buffalo berries. There you yeah. go. Actually, you know, then that would be a good fire starter back in the day, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Bo, Buffalo Berries, Benick. Uh, Benick, sorry. I was going to say, why do you always <laughs> think my last name is fucking French? I, I like saying things with accents. All right, let's move on. Speaking of Buffalo Berries, I got to ice my balls. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing. Before we get to fucking... Okay, so we've had Hugh get abandoned by uh, Bridger and Fitzgerald, right? 
But I wanted to like I wanted to interject this earlier when we're talking about like Ash- Ashley's hunter. Interject away. Like um, the, okay, the Ashley's hundred. They were in direct competition with the American Fur Company, which was owned by uh, uh, John Jacob Astor, who we covered first episode of this podcast with uh-huh. his Pacific Fur Company and the Hudson Bay Company. Uh, this is about ten, maybe ten years after that. Right, but they were still in competition with the American Fur Company, which was still owned by John Jacob yeah. Astor. And the big thing is uh, Ashley's hundred or, or the uh, what are they called the. Uh, they're they're the what Rocky Mountain Rocky Mountain Fur Company. There we go. There's a lot of fur companies back in the days, mm-hmm. but uh, they're they're kind of renowned for they're the ones that kind of uh, came up with like the rendezvous system. They uh, like because before that, like most of the other fur companies, they would rely on the natives to uh, pretty much get all the furs, and then you they bring them into trading posts, and like a lot of cases, they were trading them for whiskey, which you know a you could use to kind of like loosen up the negotiating. And then uh, B, just pay them in whiskey, which was not super great for no. the natives. Well, and it was it had recently been made illegal federally. It's not like that was fucking super enforced because yeah, it's, how are you going to do that? Exactly. Well, and there Wait, was, whiskey was illegal or trading with whiskey? Uh, trading with the natives for whiskey um, was made illegal. But like like you say, A, how are you going to enforce it? And plus, there wasn't a hell of a lot of incentive for anybody to actually enforce it. Because why pay somebody like honest pay for what you've done when you can just get them fucking drunk the american way yeah yeah and it's nice that they pretty much destroyed their uh kind of way of life yeah. with, with uh with the evil of firewater yeah firewater <laughs> among other things but either which way like actually like like uh um rocky mountain fur company is kind of renowned for a not really dealing with that kind of system and they'd uh they'd set up um a deal with like their They'd actually have their own trappers out trapping in brigades, and then they meet up at an appointed time and place to bring their furs back in. The they, fur rendezvous is, and that was the the rendezvous the system. Fur Coachella, which a lot of you are like, uh, you know, if you know anything about the fur trade in mountain men, everybody knows like fucking ooh rendezvous. They go and they trade their furs and they throw fucking hatchets and play cards and yeah. get drunk. But that was actually who implemented that system was was uh, Ashley. And, uh, and Manuel uh, Lisa was kind of the first guy to uh, make forts along the Upper Missouri. Right. Well, and that's too. the thing is Rocky Mountain Company went out to set up some forts and found out that, oh, shit, Manuel Lisa already has them here. So, the Spanish so then, they would just do, then they would just do shit like make sure they have the rendezvous close to either Lisa's places or uh, uh, HPC's places. So close enough where they can skim a little business off of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Good old fur. Yeah. And also, okay, uh, at the end of the whole shit, like uh, kind of the end of the fur trade, uh, Rocky Mountain Fur Company did end up selling out to American Fur Company owned by John Jacob Astor, who, once again, we covered his failed exploits in Astoria in the first episode of this podcast. So just trying to tie everything together for... Yeah, there really wasn't a lot going on. Everything was kind of interconnected and everybody knew everybody. But I know, but that's, I think, what we're trying to illustrate to, you know, the good folks at home. So just kind of doing that. They're at home. Fuck off. Hi, this is Hugh Glass for Hugh Glass's Bear Proof Pants. As a mountain man, I'm always out in the wilderness, which means I'm always running into grizzly bears. And as you know, sometimes them bears are awful randy. That's why I made my bear-proof pants, titanium carbon non-gluten reinforcement plates in the crotchal area. To give you that extra protection of your nuthers that you so need in the woods. 
and the 100% all organic Kevlar model filament stitching gives you the flexibility you need to outrun them hostile pissed off a rickery. So pick up a pair to protect you from a bear. The Velvet Kmart, Walgreens, Hosco Drugs, and other final location. <laughs> do these guys have? Do these guys have? Do they have uh, STDs like at the rendezvous? Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Was that a thing? That's a. I'm they, curious. They uh, cured it with mercury. That's how yeah. they could uh, track all these uh, campsites. Is are you serious? Well, yeah. Like, I've been fucking around with all these stupid drugs from the doctors, and yeah, all yeah, you don't need mercury. penicillin. Yeah, you just break open your thermometer and fucking. <laughs> yeah, take that uh, up. Disclaimer: uh, How the West was fucked does not advocate uh, self healing using mercury. Don't do that. Don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of medical advice you're going to... Well, not advice, medical uh, stuff you're going to hear about uh, in this podcast that you should never, ever do. Yeah, uh, Jed Smith's got a good one coming up. Oh, we'll, we, we'll cover we, that we haven't soon. even started fucking Hugh himself. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, healing so, up his wounds. Yeah, right now he Back is... Back to the Hugh. He is eating uh, good old buffalo bears, bullberries, and... Uh, He's kind of crawling around. He finds himself a nice big fat rattlesnake that was kind of in a state of torpor. Because it's cold out. And he kind of ate a big meal. That was a good little... Uh, raw. Raw rattlesnake. Good. Rattlesnake sushi. Sashimi. Yep. <laughs> Sushimi. There you go. So uh, Ashley's fort was uphill and away from the water. So Glass, you know, he's still crawling at this point. And he's like, I'm not going to crawl uphill without any water. So he's going to go back down the ground. Uh, to uh, Fort Kiowa is the nearest fort. That's uh, 350 miles away. Uh, so maybe first day he's making 50 yards a day. He's finding roots to eat. Uh, he found a dead buffalo calf and yeah. kind of waited for the wolves to leave and kind of stayed with it. So that's kind of portrayed a little bit in the And, and those too. roots are going to be, um, I don't know if you remember when we were back in North Dakota, they got the, uh, I don't know, my, my grandma used to call them like Indian potatoes, but... Uh, it's a lot of times uh, referred to as Indian turnips. I can't remember what the actual shit is, but I can. I mean, I still know what those plants look like because we used to dig them up. They're a little purple flower. Oh, and they yeah. like and they got like kind of a big nubby root. And like, yeah, apparently they're delicious. I just remember trying to eat one raw, and it was not tasted like dirt. Mm, yeah, but I'd like to dig some up next time I'm home and like just try that shit out. Oh, of course, alfalfa wasn't there yet, but I always like to chew on alfalfa flowers. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So he was probably making a little bit better time with a probably a, a, a maybe a walking stick or something to help him along. He finds a burned recamp that uh, his friends burned a few weeks later or earlier. Yep. And he finds a dog to eat, which uh, you know the Indians actually considered man dogs that. just dogs do not do well in the in the West. You know? Well, yeah. yeah, dogs were before the horses dogs came. Dogs and horses, yeah. Well, and people. Generally, yeah. Before the much, horses yeah. came, that was their way to get stuff around. They just tie stuff to their dog, yeah, and if they would get hungry enough, or if they had a special occasion, they would eat the dog too. Sorry, Fido. Yeah. And um, so he does make it back to Fort Kiowa, uh, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> I thought I was dead. So he does manage to buy pro- provisions and a gun and all that from Ashley's credit, and then he boards a boat going back up river to the Mandan villages. Of course, he has to pass the same spot where they got Rochambeau. A uh, few weeks earlier, and uh, another interesting note: one of the party was Toussaint Charbonneau yep. of the Corpse of Discovery, yeah, Corps Discovery, uh, sorry, Zagagawea's uh, husband, husband, yeah, you know, taking them child brides, yeah, 
You know, she was probably, what, 15 at the time? Yeah, they estimate 15 or 16. Yeah. And uh, at this time, they're probably not together. No. In fact, no. by that time, I think she might have probably passed away by most accounts. Oh, yeah. It was either that or she lived to 86 and was buried right. in Wyoming. Because once again, re- record keeping was super accurate and thorough. <laughs> Basically, if nobody knew what you looked like, you can claim to be anybody. Yeah. Jesus is buried in Japan, by the way. Ooh. I found out recently. I'm going. Next to in Jim Morrison. What? <laughs> <laughs> Got to insert some crickets right there. <laughs> so uh, that was well. That was just uh, that was a lot to process. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, you think uh, he was kind of a little pissed off? He's got revenge as a motivation at that time. Well, see, that's the thing. Is it varies because like a lot of speculation is. I just want my fucking rifle back because I paid a lot of money for that rifle and I have deep sentimental attachment to that fucking rifle. Well, it's more important than your wife anyway. No. Yeah. Did it still have, did it have a now. name? I forget. That's the thing is that it very likely did Gary. because everybody <laughs> named their fucking rifle. Fuck, I named my, right, ri- like I named my rifles today, you know, but I don't, I don't think anybody ever wrote it down. So. Channing Tatum, is that what you call your rifle? No. No. Yep. <laughs> uh, Leo. Penis joke. Leo DiCaprio. Uh, so, yeah, so it's uh, he's on his uh, revenge thing. So he joined up with the uh, with this expedition heading north. And uh, it was his idea to kind of take a shortcut around an oxbow. And so he was just kind of going overland at that time. And uh, at that time, uh, the... Uh, the party he was sailing with, uh, or not sailing, but uh, dragging a boat like, up. Yeah, yeah, put, pushing your boat up the river. They're kind of rochambeaued by the re again, and uh, so yeah. he kind of was on his own to hoof it back up north again, too. So, okay, yeah, so that's what, two two times in a row, like the party you're traveling with gets pretty much wiped out by the wiped natives? out, and you have to walk. Yeah. And... uh Let's see. Oh, and Fitzgerald at the time hears about this once he gets to uh, Fort Kiowa. Yep. So like, I'm going to join the army. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to stick around for Hugh to come find me. So, And at this time, winter was setting in, and uh, probably Glass walked for two weeks in the snow, and he does make it to the confluence of the Yellowstone and Missouri, where Ashley's fort first right. was. Which is where about where uh, Fort Union is, more mm-hmm. or less, give or take. Yeah. Right? Good paddlefish fishing. Yep. You ever fish for paddlefish? No, my dad did. Yeah, that's the awesomest. They, I, well, What's that's, a paddlefish? It's a big cartilaginous prehistoric thingy. Plankton feeding. Uh, it looks like kind of like a weird shark thing, but it has like a fucking boat or for a nose. Actually, the last couple times I was up on Lake Skakawea fishing with dad with uh, for walleye. They kept on jumping out in the fucking water. Ooh. It was like, that's the first time I'd ever seen them in the wild. But I didn't, shit. I didn't know they were so fucking acrobatic or whatnot, but I'd see I like so. three of them fucking jumping out. Every picture of, I'm looking up of these things, it looks like they're screaming their fucking head yeah, off. Yeah, because they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're plankton feeders. They're like so a duckbill platypus yeah, fucking they, beak on the front. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's paddlefish. <laughs> Imagine that just in a in a little ass river. And yeah. No, thank you. You snag them. They, uh, they, they, the uh, use big old fucking Hook treble hooks, go on a shitload of weight, and you just fucking cast across the river and try to snag them. Everybody's holding them up by their nose, and the fucking mouth is gaping <laughs> open. <laughs> <laughs> well, their mouths are kind of like, like I say, they just kind of swim along and eat like you know microscopic shit in the water. That's what the tattoo on my knuckles says: swim long, <laughs> eat microscopic <laughs> shit from the bottom of the lake. And you have a lot of knuckles. <laughs> 
I have a song called Fart Knuckle with some tuba on it. It was came on the iPod this morning. Oh, All right. Yeah. Anyway. Next. 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 So he does make it to uh, Ashley's camp, and they left a note saying, hey, we moved camp to the mouth of the Bighorn, which is another couple hundred miles that he yeah. has to hoof it in the, in the nice snow. And uh, by this time, this is about New Year's Eve. Uh, Actually, the- one second. Bighorn is uh, when we went out uh, where uh, Marty woke up in the morning and playing guitar and he gave you that fucking uh, toothache oh, plant. Oh, yeah. I, my my mouth was like killing me. Yeah, he had, he had uh, cankerous lesions in his mouth. From drinking, from drinking, staying up all night, and not brushing my teeth. Oh. But is I, it like spinal tap? You all have matching cold him, sores? I gave him some of that fucking that root of that purple cone flower that makes you like drool incessantly, but it does numb it up. Numbs it up. Oh, it actually <laughs> was pretty awesome. Yeah, except for you were just spitting for... Ever, but yeah, <laughs> made me feel cool. I was in North Dakota. And I got to show off. I got to show off my fucking botany, fucking chops. Frontier medicine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so do not try that at home. Yeah. Well, do yeah. not try that at home. Just don't try it. <laughs> so this is New Year's Eve. People are partying up at the uh, at the snowstorm out in the uh, at their uh, fort. And who walks in? Knock knock. It's a fucking ghost. The ghost of G- Hugh Glass. Yep. The ghost old glass. I and see that you assholes are having a party. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. So people are kind of, of course, the liquor kind of added to the excitement of the whole thing. And uh, Bridger, who's probably about 20 at the time, kind of broke down. He's like, you know, being racked with guilt. He kind of begged forgiveness. So, and, you know, Bridger kind of came, uh, went on to be kind of like an upstanding kind of dude. So yeah. this kind of matches. And uh, Glass, you know, granted him forgiveness out of pity, but he basically just wanted his goddamn rifle back. Mm. And uh, from hearing the kind of conversations, because Glass couldn't speak at the time, but he could hear, and he kind of knew that Fitzgerald talked him into it. So, Well, that's the thing. Is Fitzgerald was a uh, good degree older, I think, than... And that's kind of how they portray it in the movie, too, but like, I don't know, to me, like, you know, they you know they make Fitzgerald not to be a far eviler fuck. In the movie, than I think he really was. I think he was just more a little more. more I wouldn't even call him cowardistic. Well, I wouldn't call him exactly cowardly because yeah, I've already been sitting by this guy for five fucking days. I expected him to expire a day or two in, mm-hmm. and we're by ourselves out here, and there there are some hostiles. So yeah, get get home and watch like America's you know best dancer or something. Yeah, I don't know what they had back then, but you know that's thing. But in the movie. In the movie, they throw in this whole thing where Fitzgerald, you know, kills Hugh's kid and stuff, which there's absolutely no. I mean, that's dramatic effect. It's, you know. So where did where does the movie end? There's a fight scene in the movie. There, at the end, there, that's all I remember. There, there is, and guess what? It never fucking happened. <laughs> and who is it? Who is who is it between in the movie? Well, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald and Glass. I can't remember. Yeah, they, well, that okay. and that doesn't Fitzgerald basically shoot like Ashley or Henry off the? I can't remember which like what officer that is portrayed in the movie, but. Because Fitzgerald shoots him. Oh, yeah, because the Cause red-headed guy that's yeah. uh, creepy in all the movies. So we can disregard, like, the last hour of the movie then. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the movie kind of has him fighting. There's an hour-long fall fight into the, at the end of the movie? Yeah. And then he Jesus falls into, uh, Fitzgerald falls into the water, then the uh, Indians finish him off. Yeah. Here's another tale of how the West was fucked. How the West was fucked. How the West was fucked. Okay, cut, print it. That was great, Maddie. That's the fastest draw I've ever seen in all my years of making westerns. 
That Mattel's swivel shot trick holster can beat the fastest draw, can it, Maddie? Let's see how you do that again. Okay. It has the Mattel bullet-loading Fanner 50-cap pistol with it, too, huh? You can fan it or trigger single shot. Loads play bullets, too. Now let's see you rehearse that next shot with secret drawstring. Yes, I guess you can't beat that swivel shot trick holster. Kids, you can be fast, too, with the Mattel swivel shot. It's top-grain cowhide and comes on a bullet belt with six all-metal play bullets and a bullet-loading Fanner 50. It sells for $6. This one slips on your belt. It's only $4. Get it wherever toys are sold. And remember, you can tell it's Mattel. It's swell. So, uh, after uh, the... Uh, uh, getting up at the fort and kind of, you know, raising a lot of excitement. So um, they told him that Fitzgerald joined the army and that he should go back down the river. Had to take a message down to Council Bluffs anyway with four others. So they went up the Powder River, and then once they got overland to the Platte, they built some bull boats and then got back down to, um, actually, this is even before Fort Laramie. And um, what he didn't know that uh, the men who burned the re-village was actually with him. And they happened upon Indian Village, and like Glass thought they were, you know, his old friends the Pawnee because the uh, uh, language is almost identical. Yeah, well, but I mean, it was actually the Re again. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> God damn it! So, two of his friends were killed. The other two ran off, including Glass, and took off with Glass's rifle again. So, same shit, different toilet. <laughs> I think the rifle's name was Olive Oil. Yeah. He's getting fucking picked up by somebody and he has to go save it. That would have been a way better movie. So Glass is on his own, hoofing it again. And, uh, you know, this time he kind of headed in the, the thick until the relapse. So now he's going back down river, following the plat, and instead of, you know, trying to follow it exactly, because he knew the re were there, so he's kind of taken off cross-country this time. But he did have a knife and flint this time. So he oh, did a, uh, procure a newborn a buffalo calf for a meal or two, and then made it another 300 miles on foot to Fort Atkinson. Which that had to be a thing, you know, like, because, you know, you've been around cows and buffalo and stuff, and, like, when they first give birth, They're not it's happy. not super easy to get that calf away from, like, my dad, no. my dad got severely trampled by, you know, actually trying to help out a calf, you know, busted ribs, busted hands, so, and we're talking wild buffalo. At the very least, you and get. You're, you're going to have to kill it with a fucking knife in front of its mother. That's not super easy to do. Yeah. And <laughs> at the very least, you get kicked in the shins. Yeah. At, at all times, dealing with, with cattle of them, yeah. any sort. And buffalo, buffalo are... Buffalo tend to be more with horns and... Aside from grizzly bears, they're the most pissed off thing on the plains at that yeah. time, so... I would say they're, in a probably lot of cases, more, more dangerous, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're at Fort Atkinson, though. He found Fitzgerald. And the commander of the post is like, eh, I don't really want you to kill my dude. It's yeah. not not going to look good at me anyway. Army regulations, like, you know, prevent you from... Destroying government property, such as this soldier. Yeah, know. and you know, even if he was a, a shitbag, you know, yeah. they didn't have a lot of soldiers back then. So, But he did get his rifle back, and so basically his kind of grudge... Olive oil! Yeah, his grudge <laughs> was over at the time. <laughs> but it only really took him 2,000 miles, and uh, walking for pretty much half the year and most of the winter. Yeah. Yeah, and getting... But that's what strikes me about these stories, is like they spend all their time, I mean, getting from point a to point b and it's like oh it's 300 miles and he walked yeah you know, yeah and that's 
it's just crazy like the distances and the amount of time it's all just travel you You gotta hold a real fucking grudge to be that pissed off for like six months well yeah it's like 600 miles when you've never had the option of hopping on a plane or catching an uber it just seemed like i'm sure this is what you do you know fuck what am i gonna do with my life well i have a fucking blood vendetta against this fucking (laughs) asshole suppose i'll fucking walk to Nebraska, you know, like yeah. <laughs> as well. Exactly. But I mean, it's like they spend. He spends all his time. You know, these guys spend a huge amount of time. Like if you were like, well, I'll see you in a year. You know, I'll see you at the rendezvous. Well, you know, that, like, that's what I love. It's, is every time I every time I drive home for Christmas, you know, that's eleven hundred miles, and I'm going through like all of Montana and shit, and I do that shit in a day. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? And you're passing by like the the Three Forks and like the confluence of the Yellowstone and the Missouri and all this shit that I read about. And yeah, like you say, like holy fuck, that would. I mean, it would take me six months to walk that far. Probably, well, I don't know. Well, right, and imagine like all all the all the problems. You, I mean, these guys obviously get attacked. Oh um, yeah, by tribes all, continuously. But I mean, imagine the pitfalls of walking, say three hundred miles. Could you do that without getting injured? Well, I don't know. And that's not why, with you know, Nikes, maybe. especially if there if there weren't roads really. Back then. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. Is, you yeah. just fall a river, and asphalt. yeah, you got prickly pear. Well, and of course, that's why students. people try to go on the river as much as possible, but that has its own problems. Or you know, you ride horse, but then you know the horses would wear out, but then you get to eat it, but then you're still without a horse. And, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Anyway, peril- a perilous <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, you could sign up for it. So uh, his grudge is over, and the soldiers at Fort Atkinson took up a little collection. Give him $300. He decides to quit the Missouri, and he took up driving freight on the old Fe Trail. But that really didn't last too long, and went back to trapping around New Mexico and Taos. Beaver ran out of there pretty quick, so he headed up north again. On that trip, he kind of surprised a Shoshone woman. and uh, Surprise! 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 She kind of ran away and (laughs) screamed, but a couple of warriors put a couple of arrows in his back. And uh, he had one pulled out at that time, but he had to wait till uh, he got back to Taos to get it officially removed, which was a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure with like super clean, clean, sterile equipment and, you know. Like the the doc- walked several walked several hundred miles. Yeah. Well, in his hip. well, then the doctor maybe washed his hands before fucking. Yeah, you he know, might have licked it why? or something. Well, the doctor was probably like a barber, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They shit. all were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we got the arrow out, but you seem to have ghosts in your blood. <laughs> we'll get rid of that Put shit. these snakes and leeches on you, <laughs> right. make you all better. So uh, he was back in the wilderness again, trapping. Uh, he did make it back to Fort Union uh, and onto Fort Cass and the Bighorn. This was a crow country, so he's kind of you know feeling safe. They're yeah. usually friendly people. Yeah, the crow ended up being pretty much one of the bigger allies with the uh, at least the United States federal government. Like throughout the Bull Indian Wars, so. yeah. So he's kind of hunting around. Uh, I think Fort Union at the time, but uh, he really didn't come back after that. No, nope. went hunting with a couple of other people who were uh, murder and scalped. He never was found. But uh, later on, someone uh, named Gardner recognized his knife on a re. He had told him uh, his friend to come back with glass, and he didn't. So he burned his friends. Wait, he recognized Hugh Glass's knife? Knife? Yeah. On, Holy shit. Well, on that's a, the thing. On another re. Like people, like it's the same thing with uh, you know when they found uh, Jed Smith's gear too. It's like you'd recognize people 
buy their shit. Buy their gear. There yeah. wasn't that uh, much shit out, and people would customize their stuff. Right, right. So their monograms come in pretty handy. Yeah, yeah sparkles and like you, rhinestones. Rhinestones, yeah. Because if you're trying to describe a guy, you'd be like, well, you know, he's about yay tall, has a fucking beard, wearing a bunch of fur, right, right. but he has a knife with some fucking turquoise inlaid in the handle. And a rifle with like a fucking wolf carved into the buttstock, you know, and that's uh, and that's why we call him Turquoise Wolf McGillicuddy or whatever the fuck, you know, like. <laughs> so that knife was uh, <laughs> the only real evidence of uh, Glass's demise, and uh, later on, they re-killed Gardner for uh, burning up his uh, friends there. I wonder if that's not the same Gardner that Gardner Montana's name. That's is. what I was thinking too. No? Yeah. So, so glass, glass is so glass is killed glass presumably is dead. by who again? Uh, the Rickaru, the Rickery again. Yeah. Okay. Old. So he was kind of fucked over about three times by them. Yeah. Right. Well, it's not like they didn't have uh, plenty of reason to be fucking super pissed. Yeah. Um. And uh, but he just happened to you know like hang out in the wrong neighborhood for his entire mountain manning career. Yeah. You know that's kind of the pitfalls of a uh, part of the. Or the OSHA, OSHA rules is like you're going to get attacked by an Indian here or there. Yeah. Uh, so he was thought to be about 50 around then, so he did end up being kind of old. Yeah, that's pretty fucking old for uh, for that time frame, and especially like, you know, walking around in the snow with arrows in you and bear maulings. It's Yeah, so 1820s, that was uh, not a bad time to go because by a few years later on, the, the fur trade was about drying up any who's. So. Yeah. And uh, we'll have more about Ashley's 100, uh, probably around uh, Jed Smith and Jim Bridger and uh, maybe Sublet and maybe explain the whole rendezvous thing a little bit later on. Yeah. Well, that might be about the story of huge glass, huge ass. Anything else to add? Yeah, you know what's funny is like when they make mo- dramatizations about this kind of shit or like movies, they're always like they they throw in stuff that's not accurate, right? Like the the fight at the end of the movie. Yeah, because it looks good on film. There's so much other shit they could have put in there that was fucking real, that was badass, yeah. and would have looked good on film. Yeah, yeah, but and like, you got to throw in a love interest. And yeah, all I that mean, shit. it's that's the whole thing about like you know narrative and like. But yeah, Pe- you, people I mean, in suits in Hollywood, California. You know, it, it's but city slicking, city slicking. I mean, a lot of this stuff sounds—it's almost like tall tales, anyway. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll see that with like um, Liver Eating Johnston and, and some I was, of these guys. I was just going like, to say Liver Eating Johnston. They're almost like hero. action heroes, anyway. Right, you right. Know? So it's interesting, like you said, that they have to change the story because a lot of it's so crazy, anyway. What what these guys live through that. Um, and whether that's been embellished or not, you know. Yeah, knows, right. But. I'm and just saying when you're telling a story about, like, and I think what Tony's saying, when you're telling a story about a guy that can get filled full of arrows and fucking mauled by bears and shit like that, I don't care if he has a girlfriend or not, really. Like, <laughs> or, or if he gets in a fight with his boss. <laughs> yeah. Like, who fucking cares, man? Show me the other rad shit that happened to him. Yeah, no, I suppose because the ending of Hugh Glass was was too nebulous. Yeah, right, it was right. just kind of unsatisfying. Hollywood, you yeah. know, yeah. he just kind of disappears. Essentially, it doesn't tie up like so. a Family Ties episode or something at the end. <laughs> right, you didn't learn a lesson. Right, remember when Tom Hanks was the drunken uncle? Now remember, don't drive and bake. Oh, anything else to add in summary? Oh, the story of Hugh oh. Glass. Oh fuck it, just go out with a hail of gunfire. Okay. You're a pansy ass. We got social media at HTWWF Podcast.
across all platforms, you motherfuckers. But we are also Luddite Cowboys, so send your hate mail to Box 4001, South Kobe, Washington, 98384. Fuck you very much.